Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And this week, I wanted to give you a few small but powerful mindset shifts when you're trying to cut sugar. Because changing what you eat is one thing, but the real key to living a joyful, sugar-free life is changing your mindset. And I don't know about you, but for me, that was a real challenge. So if I can help you a little bit with a few mindset tips, then that's what this episode is all about. But just before, I wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about improving your health and losing weight by cutting sugar, then I have plenty for you. Come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel as well as my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration. Pictures of meals, short reels, useful info to get you started on your life after sugar as well as thought-provoking quotes and even sometimes pictures of our cat so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life, even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at netta underscore life after sugar. And if cravings are getting in the way and causing you to fall off the wagon, then I have five tips for you, especially if you're an intermittent faster, to help you get rid of cravings. Go to aftersugarclub.com and download your five tips today. You can also find my simple guide for getting more energy with less sugar by going to aftersugarclub.com, scrolling down to the bottom and clicking on Simple Guide. And while you're there at aftersugarclub.com, you can also have a look at the videos I've made for you to show you what to eat that doesn't contain added sugars, where to find real whole foods at the grocery store, and also how to look after your gut health with fermented foods and drinks. Because sugar is one of the worst things for gut health, and fermented foods and drinks are a wonderful way of adding probiotics naturally. All right, so in this episode, I'm going to be giving you some of my mindset tips, but also some tips from the lovely After Sugar Club members, as well as tips from the lovely people who follow the Life After Sugar Facebook page and my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar. I ask them what their mindset tips are, and I want to share them with you. Now, one of the biggest things that probably influence your relationship with sugar, especially your cravings, is your emotions. One tip I have for you 
is to take a step back, which isn't easy to do when you're in the midst of a craving. So wait until you're not having a craving and you're in a peaceful, calm context, especially inside your head, and think about how you feel when you crave a particular food. What emotions are you experiencing? What are the needs, the valid needs, underneath your craving? What do you actually need? Usually, it comes down to a relatively narrow range of needs. Either soothing, reward, comfort, stress relief, and sometimes just entertainment because we're bored. Rather than just mindlessly giving in to the craving... My tip for you is to take a moment to analyse what's behind your desire for certain foods and how you can meet your emotional needs in other, healthier ways. If you take the time when you're feeling good and calm and not in need of comfort foods to actually build your toolbox of coping skills, coping skills that don't include sugar, then when you actually need them, you're more likely to be able to use them. And the coping skills can be relatively simple, like a breathing exercise, like for cardiac coherence, or just one or two minutes of meditation, or EFT tapping, or a quick prayer. Something that will calm down your parasympathetic system and give your brain just enough time for impulse control to kick in. Another tip I have for you is to think about just how intense your craving is. Let's say you're having a craving right now. What is that craving for? A sweet comfort food? A salty snack? A healthy food like nuts or cheese? Whichever one it is, are these the types of foods that you tend to crave and then overeat? And how intense is your craving on a scale of 1 to 10? In the After Sugar Club, I give a craving intensity scale that's based on the Yale Craving Scale. Basically, a zero would be that you never think about these types of foods. They're completely off your radar. And as the intensity of the craving goes up, right up to 10 where nine is when you crave this food, you'll go out of your way to get it, you'll choose this food over others, and you'll drive to the store and purchase it. Even if you're not going out, you'll go out specifically for that food, and then you'll eat it in secret or lie or binge. And a 10 is when you get symptoms such as agitation, anxiety, or feeling sick when you can't have this food that you're craving and you choose this food over other activities and social contacts, a craving that's a 10 is when you can't function without this food. It completely takes over your life. So sometimes when we're having a craving, it helps to see just how bad it could be. And sometimes we feel that it's a 10, but actually when we look at the craving scale, it's really just a 3 or a 4. And when we see our cravings in a more neutral or objective way, it can also help our mindset and our internal chatter to tell ourselves, 
Well, actually, maybe I can wait a few seconds or a few minutes. Or maybe I don't actually want or need this food at all. That's a very powerful mindset shift because it gives you back your personal power. It no longer belongs to sugar that has power over you. Your power belongs to you. I want to take a quick break to say that if this is your first time here, then welcome and thank you for listening to this podcast. And whether you're new or a regular and you haven't yet rated or reviewed this podcast, could I ask you to scroll down and tap on the stars to rate this podcast and also to write a short review to let me know how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. I love reading your reviews. In fact, I'd like to read a couple now. Here's a five-star review from Lauren. She says, I've been a listener for quite some time now, so I figured I should really get round to writing a review. Netta provides us with amazing support through her lineup of great interviews, as well as her well-thought-out, inspiring advice. Each episode offers hope and encouragement to those still suffering and is motivation for, for those of us who are in recovery and want to stay there. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Rachel. And from Acadia, another five-star review that says, Inspiring, as addictive as sugar, probably shouldn't say that, I've learned a lot and I'm really enjoying the inspiring stories. Thank you so much. And it really does make a huge difference when you rate and review this podcast because then it gets shared with more and more people and that means that both you and I can help more people to cut sugar and find the real sweetness in their life. Now here are the tips from the lovely After Sugar Club members as well as the followers of the Life After Sugar Facebook page and Instagram account, because I asked them what their small but powerful mindset tips are. And I'll be giving these anonymously. So here's one. It's not about a small taste of food. It's about the slippery slope of misery that food will lead me down. Never worth it. Processed foods for me are just a hard no, not even something I entertain thinking about. I can endure discomfort. Just because I want to eat doesn't mean I have to. I can't mess with temptation. It's sometimes better for me to avoid food videos, pictures or being in uncomfortable food situations. And that is so powerful, I think, because when you know yourself and your behavior around triggering foods, then you're in a powerful position to know when, where, and how to draw the line. Here's another tip. Knowledge is power. Depression is one of my struggles, so knowing the scientific reaction helps to keep me on the path of sugar sobriety. And yes, sugar has definitely been found to have a strong link to mental health and depression. So keeping away from sugar stacks the cards in your favor for mental health. Here's another tip. 
It's not that I can't eat sugar. It's that I choose not to or just don't. Also, getting away from the words should and shouldn't. That's a wonderful tip, I think. Getting away from self-judgment, even in our vocabulary, because words are powerful. Great tip there. Here's another one. One of my mindset shifts is something a fellow dieter taught me. She used to say that she would eat healthy foods all week long, it felt like a punishment, and reward herself on the weekend with sugary treats. I asked her to consider thinking of it differently. She was in fact rewarding herself all week with the healthy food. I never liked to say that she was punishing herself on the weekend with sugary treats because if managed properly and you're not a food addict, I do believe that the occasional small dessert can fit in well with a healthy lifestyle. Well, at least that works for me. I'm 65 at a healthy weight and not on any medication. Luckily, I prefer vegetables to sugar. I get so excited about new veggie recipes. There you go. A wonderful mindset reframe. Fantastic. Here's another tip. My father taught me from a very young age that we can do anything we make up our mind to do. I've read many self-help books and I've never learned anything as powerful as that. There were some studies a number of years ago about having the belief of unlimited willpower. One of my affirmations is that I have an abundant, unlimited supply of willpower that never ends. Willpower is not something that runs out the more you use it. Instead, think of willpower as a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger you get. Great mindset tips there. You see how different they all are? You don't have to agree with them all. Take what you like. Leave what doesn't work for you. Here's another one. I was thinking about your mindset shift question and I think my biggest one was realizing I didn't have to eat breakfast first thing in the morning. I now eat my first meal later when I have more time to plan and prepare something whole food plant-based. This stops sugar spikes in the morning, which used to make me lightheaded and feel unbalanced throughout the day. Wonderful! What works for you, works for you. Here's another one. For me personally, it helped to look at the foods I can eat instead of focusing on the products I can't. Also, educating myself on the difference between produce, foods and products, food-like items. Wonderful! I love it when we take control over our vocabulary. Here's one more mindset tip. I think my biggest mindset shift was to stop thinking about togetherness and food and to start thinking about just wanting to be with my friends and loved ones. Food doesn't need to factor into socialising. I'm not saying I never go out for food with people. It's just that I don't worry about where we go. What I mean by that is I don't say to myself, ooh, we're going out for food, what can I get? I can find something to eat that fits my goals at most any non-fast food restaurant. Ah, that's fantastic. 
So much freedom there. And one more tip. I've been really leaning into being a mistake maker or a flawed human and also trying to embrace the notion that being flawed does not mean being unworthy of acceptance and love. I'm learning that being vulnerable can be the basis of strong relationships. There's no need to hide my weaknesses and there's no need to hang on to my mistakes. This season is presenting an abundance of opportunities for growth and not just the big mistake, painful life lesson variety, which feels really good. Wow, that is a major part of life after sugar. Embrace your imperfections. You really don't need to be perfect. In fact, nobody's perfect. Not even me. Here are a few more tips. My biggest mindset shift was that it's my choice. I decided that I wanted to be sugar, flour and wheat free. No one is forcing me to do this. So when people are having sweet treats around me, that's their choice. I choose differently. And one more. I can say no, no matter what. Learning that my brain is chemically addicted to certain foods like sweets and packaged chips, somehow that helps me to step back from the urge to eat those things, observe the science and lose the self-criticism. And finally, I've been sugar-free four times in my life through the help of OA, Overeaters Anonymous, and Weight Watchers, but the cravings never disappeared. I really wanted peace with food, not just another diet. Now I'm doing low-carb, sugar-free, and I feel totally different. Understanding the link between bread and cravings, processed food and cravings, I finally found the way to peace. And I'm never looking back. It's hard at first, but then it's so easy to maintain. That's my experience. I'm so happy I get to share these tips with you. And the variety in mindset shifts is just so inspiring. Don't you think? In my humble opinion, there are as many ways of approaching life after sugar as there are people. And what works for you? works for you. And if you're ready to get support and accountability and guidance so that living your healthy sugar-free life becomes easy and natural with or without intermittent fasting, then join us in the After Sugar Club. Go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button, join the club to see everything that's included in the After Sugar Club and in the Premium After Sugar Club. See you there. Thank you for listening. That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.